Welcome to the Sioux Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Evan Van Busicum, and today on the program, we're talking to Roger Aronson. He's the Farm Animal Health Advisor for Elanco. I'm so glad you could be here today. Roger, thanks for taking your time and sharing information with us today. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. So what do you do for your job? Like, what, Can you give us a general bird's eye overview? Yes, I'm uh, specifically working the, in the area of, of swine. I'm a, a technical consultant. And so what I do, I'm involved in, in a marketing type of research and also um, travel and consult with farm producers and nutrition companies across the, the United States. One of the things that you, when you're consulting, I mean, are you looking at specific problems? Or are you looking at general nutrition or both? Actually, anything that would help a producer. It could be production problems they're having. It, it could be nutrition th- problems they're having. So anything that would help that producer improve their production practices. So sometimes, I guess, you'll be looking at tweaking things like micro-ingredients or percentages of protein, kind of going along those lines, if it's a nutrition issue. Yeah, that's, that's part of it. Also, with support our products that we, we sell, I do, do that as well. Um, proper use of those and proper uh, inclusion rates into um, feeds. What are micro-ingredients? You know, can you kind of give us a definition of that? Um, typically, in, in a feed milling situation, there's the, the major scale and the minor scale. Those are uh, for corn and, and calcium phosphorus, more than the minor um, scale. Um, the microsystem are those ingredients that are typically less than 1% of, of the diet. And those are, can be hand-added or they can go through a, a micro-hopper type of system. I'm guessing that because they're added at a, at a low level that they're pretty potent, if you will. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah, they are. They are small and they, they tend to have a, a large effect on the animal. Um, typically, they're very costly for being such a small inclusion rate in the diet. And they can be potentially toxic, say um, selenium premix or, or we have a cell product called Skysis. Um, that can be toxic if um, too much is included in the diet. And also, they're, they're small inclusion. They're hard to measure. And so uh, they, if you undersupply them, um, that can be a, a deficiency. And oversupplying can be, um, they can become toxic as, as well. So I'm guessing then that quality control of microingredients is pretty important. Yes, it is. Um, very, very important. So what's the procedure in general for a, a mill or a producer when they receive microingredients into their facility? Well, this is a, a very important part because um, that's the first line of defense that a, a feed mill has and that uh, when ingredients are received, um, that, that is an important step because um, they should check the um, shipping documents and make sure you're receiving what you think you're receiving and also confirm the weight that you um, are supposed to be receiving as well. Because if a mix-up occurs, um, that can have some implications down the line. For example, we had an incident a few years back where instead of receiving uh, a product, it was, it was praline, instead of receiving that, they received Optiflex, which is a beef product. Um, kind of the overall design, but 
uh, color of the bag and, and the print was different, but just they both were ractopamine, but the beef product is a higher concentration. So this resulted in an adverse event. So it's very important that first line of defense and also in the case of different brands of a certain product can be different. So you might switch brands over time, but the ingredient, active ingredient is, is the same. So very much uh, care has to be taken in receiving products. So what are some, uh, you know, if you, if you receive the product correctly and you, you've, you've got it in your storage and you've got it labeled and, and everything is, is good to go, what are some other opportunities to basically have things go wrong? How, how can we safeguard things in the mill or wherever feed is being made to make sure that everything, especially our microgredients, are being mixed and following the formulation? Well, first of all, the equipment is very important, and the equipment has to be in good working order. Um, the scales, the hand-add scales, um, the microhopper has um, load cells, and those need to be accurate. So I would suggest uh, mill operators uh, have them certified by a scale company at least every six months, if not quarterly, to make sure that you're adding um, the correct amount of each ingredient. Also, mixer tests are, are very important. At least uh, six months, if not quarterly, um, do mixer tests. And it's the typical mixer test is is adding salt to a diet and, and then taking 10 samples over time to measure um, the coefficient of variation. And keep in mind that um, salt is a half a percent inclusion rate. So it's relatively large to some, some antibiotic where you're adding a few grams per ton. And so the variation um, with a, with, less particles of, of antibiotics, say, may be more critical than that of salt. So it's very important that uh, a mixer is, is mixing well and correctly. Also, flushing in terms of um, uh, if you have a batch of feed you run with a certain antibiotic and, and you're switching over to uh, another antibiotic and you don't want to carry over, producers or mill operators will um, flush with uh, 20% of corn and then run, run another batch of a, of a feed that um, contains a different antibiotic or feed additive. And so the idea is that um, to test if you're flushing correctly, um, you take a sample of the, the second batch of feed to make sure there's not carryover from that previous batch that you run. And this assures that um, you're not contaminating subsequent batches of feed, that your flushing procedures are working correctly. So this is, is from a food safety standpoint and a residue standpoint. This is, this is very important. Is this also, you know, how you can verify diet formulation? Yeah, that's it. That's an important step. And this is um, as a nutritionist, uh, and I used to be involved in, in production nutrition, I would verify a formula myself, and then I would have another trained mill operator or 
um, office staff to proof them as well. I would give them guidelines what typical ingredients um, there would be in a formula and at what level. And I would have them verify the formula and also make sure your premix is a, um, or each premix, it may be an antibiotic premix, um, matches um, to the label and to also feed regulation. So um, you're assuring that you're adding um, the proper amount of each ingredient into the feed. And also, according to FISMA rec uh, re uh, regulations, each formula must be um, stored or archived for at least one year. Is uh, is similar for the procedures for like hand adding microingredients too, like you know the measurement, et cetera. Or how does that work? Yeah, for hand adding, um, there there's two methods of of adding really micro ingredients into a diet, and one is hand add, and the other is a, is a micro system. Hand add is, is pretty much self-explanatory, where you're wearing a, or you're weighing a specific ingredient, and then dumping into a, a batch of feed. And so um, in terms of antibiotics um, and even other um, micro-ingredients, you should, um, um, that feed or that product should stay in the original bag. Um, that scoop should be labeled according to what ingredient. And as you're adding it, you check the ingredient on the formula sheet and add the amount of, of amount you're adding and the um, lot number of, of each micro ingredient that you're adding if you're hand adding them. That way you can assure that uh, you're, you're being accurate in your addition. Also in case of drugs, um, you should have a drug record and um, this, the FDA or state inspectors come around, around and, and check to make sure that you're keeping accurate records. So it is, it is very important. So what's the difference between the hand added procedure and like the using a microsystem? Well, microsystem is, uh, is basically individual hoppers and you put each of these ingredients in those hoppers. And there's, 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 there's a couple different kinds. And one of them is, is called loss and weight and where you have a, a scale or a weight hopper on each individual hopper, the other is gain and weight, and that goes down to a pan. And so it's the sum of all the uh, ingredients added. They're added one at a time, and, and your overall uh, pan weighs those ingredients with each addition. So there's advantages and disadvantages to both uh, types, and I won't go into that today, but um, keep in mind, um, keep in mind there are those two kinds. And also in selecting a micro hopper um, for a specific ingredient is, is important too. Something with a small inclusion rate, um, such as our, our product Skysis, uh, it is recommended that you're, you have very accurate uh, measures. Um, the augers in the bottom of them vary in, in number of flights. Um, they vary in the pitch of the augers. And so if you're and also they have the ability to jog and, and get smarter. So an auger that is small, one with 
extra flights and also with a, a very shallow pitch would be a recommendation for uh, small inclusion type products. And also we'd recommend that you have um, soybean meal or another ingredient such as ground corn placed in an end hopper so it would have the ability to flush the system with each with each batch of, of, um, of ingredients that you're adding. And also I think it's very important to you periodically, even daily inspecting the overall micro hopper system, making sure it is, is functioning correctly is important. So what is reconciliation and how should it be done? Both for each diet or and also for like loadout bins? First of all, I'd like to talk a little bit more about microsystem and I'll, I'll talk about reconciliation after that. Um, one thing when dumping dumping feed into a micro hopper ingredients into a micro hopper system um, should use a, a barcode system that's encouraged. Those um, keep a, a micro hopper locked until um, you you uh, run the barcode of the bag um, to it and that opens the micro hopper and you can dump in the um, premix that you want to add. Also, a little thing is looking at the ingredient in the micro hopper and comparing that to what it looks like in the bag. Just another double check um, to make sure you get the right uh, ingredient in the right micro hopper. As far as reconciliation, um, this is especially important in a, in a micro system um, because um, we want to make sure overall that you get the proper amount of ingredient in. So what I would recommend is that you reconcile the inventory of the ingredient that you use, compare that to the number of or the amount that in theory that would be in the feed that you made. And I would recommend to do this at least um, at the end of every shift, if not um, on a daily basis. Very important that you're um, on average, that assures on average that you're um, dumping in the or, or the amount of um, ingredient is used um, compares well to the amount of feed that you've made. Just a double check to make sure that on average you're using the right quantity of, of premix. So, Roger, what about reconciliation of loadout bins? Well, that's, that's an important thing, too, because what tends to happen is people just um, keep their loadout bins continuous flow, and they don't go back and reconcile that to the amount of feed or the amount of a specific ingredient used. It's a double check um, to, to ensure that... Um, the proper amount of a specific ingredient is used. And so I would recommend that periodically um, bins should be emptied. These are loadout bins and then reconcile that back to the amount of a, a specific ingredient of interest is, 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 um, is used. And this ensures that, um, that a, 
a feed product or a, a finished diet isn't going somewhere that it shouldn't go within a mill. And it also is a double check on the proper inventory, ingredient inventory within in a feed mill. So how should flushing and sequencing of the trucks and bins be handled? Well, if you think about it, um, loadout bins and trucks are, are merely an extension of the feed mill. So when you think of a, a mixer being flushed and sequenced, um, the trucks in loadout bins should be treated the same. So ultimately it prevents contamination of diet um, from other, other feeding ingredients or antibiotic that you don't want and it uh, assures feed safety. So care should be taken uh, in order in order um, that the wrong ingredient or, or contamination from a, an ingredient doesn't reach um, pigs that may be going to finishing um, that could cause problems. So um, making sure trucks and bins are properly in, se- in sequences is a, a, a very good management practice. How should surplus feed be handled? Well, there's, there's two ways that um, that can really occur. And one of them is a leftover feed at the end of finisher. A uh, producer doesn't quite um, estimate the amount needed to, to finish pigs. And so they have a, a little leftover. And the other way is that a producer may over order feed and it doesn't all fit in their bins. In both cases, um, you have feed that can't be returned to the feed mill from a biosecurity standpoint. So typically it would go to another uh, finisher site elsewhere, but care must be taken. The uh, person dispatching the trucks must select a farm that has, um, and, and say it's a, a say it's an antibiotic such as Skysis, um, they would need to select a farm to take it to that uses that same antibiotic. Um, better yet, if it was the same phase of feed and the same antibiotic, um, that's, that's much better than this a similar antibiotic. But, uh, must be very careful that you don't potentially get it um, to a farm that's a residue problem or other reason um, or a finisher feed going to a nursery. So very much care must be taken that it goes to the right place. And if all else fails, it can, it can be landfilled, but nobody likes to landfill $300 a ton feed these days. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is that what happens in the cases of recalls? In the case of a, a, a recall, can, they can be recalled for um, different reasons. And, and uh, a recall can be um, done if you have the improper inclusion rate. Um, uh, back, in the, back in the day, um, we used to bring feedback in and reformulate, but nobody wants to do that from biosecurity standpoint. But sometimes feed, um, feed can... Uh, in the case of of a, a mis mis uh, manufacture of feed, 
for example, we have a product it's called Skysis. It's very important that you get the right amount in the diet. And so um, sometimes we have adverse events occur with that product. And so um, what happens in the producer will call into the feed mill and say, hey, I have a, I have a potential um, problem with this particular feed. And so the feed mill must be prepared. Um, first of all, check the formula that you used check all the um, trucking and tracking records through the feed mill to make sure um, the proper um, diet was delivered, um, batching records, um, looking at those to make sure um, the proper amount was included. And finally, um, be prepared to go pick up the, up the feed. And so we've had cases um, where the feed, if it was improperly manufactured, it was disposed of um, in, a, in a landfill situation. Also, if we were unsure about whether that feed was a problem or not, we offloaded the feed once it was picked up into a like a hopper bottom truck, and that feed was stored until proper assays could be done on the feed. In mid January, um, in the case of Skysis, we're going to start putting micro tracers into the feed. In that way, um, a semi-quantitative um, analysis can be um, done to at least estimate if there's a proper amount of, of Skysis put in the feed. But it's, and also another thing that needs to be done is um, Feed mills keep a retained sample. Um, they will be asked to uh, find the retained samples and prepare it um, for shipment to a lab for analysis. That's the other thing that, that can happen. So those are kind of the things that can happen in the recall. Uh, and also, feed mills must um, be able to quickly know where feed has been delivered in what to do in in the case of recall if 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 feed for whatever reason needs to be um, brought in and disposed of or not brought in but disposed of um, they must have a plan to do that well Roger thanks for taking some time today to talk to us about uh, milling and microingredient management especially in regards to you know antibiotics. My pleasure. If you have any questions, just uh, give me a call at any time, and uh, I would be glad to uh, try to answer any questions that I can. Sounds good. And, I'll, and thank you to our listeners for taking time to, to listen to us today. Hopefully you found this useful. If not, I hope you found it interesting. Mm-hmm.